Hello friends and welcome to the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast, where we discuss topics pertaining to homeschooling, being women of the word, and living in light of eternity. So whether you are single, married, or whatever your season of life, I pray you will find hope in Christ and encouragement from His word. I'm your host, Ruth Adams, and I'm so glad you are here. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast. I am your host, Ruth Adams, coming to you today from beautiful Ohio's Amish country. I am going to do an episode today on the topic of food preparation. Now, this will apply to all year long, but I'm specifically thinking of the extra time that we ladies spend in the kitchen during the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and preparing our family traditional foods and all the extra yummy treats and gatherings that we need to prepare snacks and such for. So I thought it might be nice to do an episode just sharing some tips and tricks. Some of these were new to me. They are going to be coming from a book called Mops, Muffins, and Motherhood. I believe that's the title. Yes, Mops, Muffins, and Motherhood. This is an older book that I picked up in Amish country uh, probably eight or nine years ago now. And so this is a section of the book where different women have written in and shared tips and tricks for saving time and making things streamlined and more efficient in the kitchen. Now, before I jump right into these tips and tricks, I'd like to read a verse and a prayer on the topic. We look at 1 Corinthians 10.31 and see that it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'm going to read a prayer now from the book Every Moment Holy, Volume 1. This prayer says, Lord, I have little time to build this mill, but I would still make of it a holy offering. Let me work into these rapid preparations a care and a kindness for those who will partake. Even in our common haste, may this mill serve as a catalyst for a deeper grace, reminding us to be ever thankful. Let those who share this food embrace the fellowship of the moment, however fleeting, And let them rise from the table knowing that even in their comings and their goings, they are nurtured and loved. And now I'm going to jump into these helpful tips from the book, Mops, Muffins, and Motherhood. The first lady says, I plan the meals but take suggestions from the family anytime. And I do believe that sometimes when we get into a rut with what am I going to make for dinner, I don't have any inspiration or ideas, it could be a good time to sit down with our families and say, what are some of your favorite meals that I make? What would you like me to learn to make? What are you in the mood for? And that might get the inspiration flowing again. 
Another lady shares happy cookbook wherever mom is working and the child can come ask what to put in next. It might make a bit of a mess, but the child is learning and it makes them feel needed, which is even more important. And I do agree with her that I think our children learn as we include them. And even from very young ages, they can do small little jobs. And even if it isn't really contributing or helping, if they feel like they are working alongside um, then that gives them the desire to continue on that path and their interest and their enjoyment of working in the kitchen grows. So I say, you know, include those little ones, even those little toddlers as soon and early as possible. You could just give your toddler just a wooden spoon and a mixing bowl and let them mix along as you're working and they're right there alongside of you. Now, I have found this next tip to be so helpful in my own kitchen. This lady shares, while you are cooking away, make double batches of casseroles and pizza. Take out the extra portion before serving, or you might find everyone eats more than usual and you are left with half of a meal, which defeats your purpose. Now, I have done this in so many ways through the years, made double, triple, quadruple, or even larger batches of things like taco soup or casseroles especially my holiday casseroles like the broccoli and rice and the sweet potato casseroles at thanksgiving i always double that or triple that and i freeze a good portion of it so we have what we need for our thanksgiving but then i take those tin pans those disposable pans from sam's or costco and i feel those and i put a lot of foil around them and I write with a sharpie marker on the top like broccoli and rice casserole Christmas sweet potato casserole Christmas this Thanksgiving I froze the broccoli the sweet potatoes the green bean casserole the corn casserole at least those and they are all ready to go for Christmas and that makes my Christmas preparation in the kitchen go so much faster for Thanksgiving we typically fry a turkey. My husband traditionally does that. And at Christmas, oftentimes I might pick up a honey baked ham and then we have all those sides ready to go. It just helps so much. I found this tip to be interesting. One lady says, old pillowcases make great dough covers, a place to cool cakes, cookies, or bread, dry tea leaves on, or they work as a fine sieve for straining juices. So before you toss those old pillowcases, there's a, a way that you might creatively get a little more life out of them. One lady says, each of our children age eight and up has one evening meal a week they make or help to make. They often start baking cake mixes by age eight. Then this was interesting. One lady says, when baking cookies, I use four cookie sheets. I put that first one on the top rack for half of the baking time, then put it on the bottom rack and add the second sheet. When the first one is done baking, I move the second sheet to the bottom and put the third one in the oven while I am filling the fourth one. By the time the first one needs to be filled again, I have emptied and cooled a bit. By rotating them this way, the baked cookies have a little time to firm up before they need to be removed from the cookie sheet. And because I rotate them through the oven, they tend to bake more evenly. It seems to make it less hectic, 
since you do one step at a time instead of filling two sheets at a time. I usually use a timer since I can almost count on burning some if I don't. That's really, that lady sounds so organized, doesn't she? But that sounds like such a good plan, such a good system for cookie baking. And I know a lot of people bake cookies during Christmas, so maybe that would be a helpful tip for you. This lady gives a tip for creating less mess on your countertops. Now. I have girls that like to get into the kitchen and bake cookies and ice them or make whoopie pies with that filling and sometimes the sugar and the glaze and all of that hardens on the counter and that can be a mess to clean up. So this lady has a solution for that problem. She says you may be able to buy a roll of butcher paper from a store or butcher shop if you ask. This works really good to roll out on a counter to put your baked goods on to cool. This is especially useful if you glaze donuts, dip chocolates, or do some other messy job. When you are finished, clean up, in a, clean up is a snap. Roll it up and throw it away. Okay, making donuts is something that I have not really had experience with, but if you enjoy making donuts, here's a tip for you. This lady shares, I use wooden dowel rods to hang donuts on when I glaze them. I got the rods at a hardware store and cut them just long enough to lay the long way over big roast pans, commercial full-size steam table pans that I have. Three rods with donuts fit in each pan. I fill one pan while the ones in the other pan are dripping off and getting hard. That sounds like a great idea. Then this lady says a calendar works well on which to write monthly menus. Monday night is breakfast night, Wednesday is soup night, Friday is casserole, and Tuesdays and Thursdays we have full course meals. Saturday we have pizza, lasagna, or spaghetti type food. Make your grocery list according to your menu. Then you can do major grocery shopping once a month with fresh food stops every two weeks or as needed. You can also do two weeks at a time. So that's a great idea. Um, I would add to that maybe having a leftovers night where if you have leftovers in the refrigerator, you could pull those out and just warm them up and put them out and people could pick and choose what they want from the leftovers. That would be another idea for one night of the week. This lady says, having casseroles and other foods in the freezer is very important to me. I watch for meat and other foods that are on special and freeze them. Make double portions of casseroles and other foods while you're making the mess anyway and freeze one portion for later use. Now again, I mentioned that earlier, that idea of freezing double or triple portions. One way I've done that is with our taco soup. Our church has lunchtime after the morning service every Sunday. And so we, each family brings their own lunch. And so what is often an easy solution for me is to grab a gallon size Ziploc bag of taco soup out of the, out of the freezer and start thawing it out the day or night before, and then have that in a crock pot on Sunday. And we take the crock pot to church actually my instant pot and we just use the crock pot setting on there and then that makes an easy lunch for our sunday so i love having frozen meals and you know we all have those days where we just things are going 
crazy and we really just don't have time to think about or get into the kitchen and prepare a meal. So these frozen soups and dishes are so helpful to come to our rescue on days like that. Another lady shares that children can help with the cooking at an early age. Our 11-year-old son has been responsible for making breakfast um, and I usually inform him what to make the evening before. One thing we like to do is mix up the dry ingredients for pancakes and keep it in a Thai container we have just for that, this purpose. Then he only has to add the wet ingredients, mix and fry. Now I will say that my son for many years has put breakfast on the table during the weekdays. And that can be as simple as putting boxes of cereal out or it can grow into being able to bake muffins, prepare scrambled eggs, sometimes um, egg burritos, baked oatmeal, and he is no longer the one doing it every morning because he gets up now and goes to work some mornings, but my 16-year-old daughter is also coming alongside and putting breakfast on the table for all of the younger siblings, and uh, my 14-year-old daughter can do that as well. I mean, even the 12-year-old. So they all pretty much, um, except for the younger two, could put breakfast on the table. And it's such a huge help. Now, when they were younger, I was the one that put breakfast on the table. And I had a rule at that time that they would wait until I called them. And that would give me the ability to get up and to wake up and to get breakfast set on the table before everybody descended and was needy and things got chaotic first thing in the morning. Just having breakfast on the table before they all came running out was helpful. And sometimes I would even get it onto the table the night before and just have to grab the jug of milk in the morning or that sort of thing. But knowing the breakfast plan helps the day to start off more smoothly. Similarly, planning supper right after breakfast, this lady shares, was a way I organized my day. Peeling potatoes and letting them sit in cold water until time to boil them and sticking meat into the oven after lunch eliminates the frustrated hurrying at supper prep time when the baby is hungry and toddlers need attention too. Waiting for daddy to come home for supper was a great time to read to the children to pass the time peacefully. And I love that this lady is sharing that she would know early in the day what her dinner plan was going to be. And she would be prepping it so that at that crazy hour before daddy arrives home in the afternoon and people are getting hungry and can get cranky, instead of things being crazy in her home, she would have a peaceful time of reading stories with her children and wait for daddy to get home. What a, a great idea, a great tip. I really love that. Here a lady says, my weekly grocery day has been a blessing to me. I always go the same day of the week and around the same time. I sketch out a weekly menu so I know what I need and keep a paper on my refrigerator on which I write the things I need as I go through the week. I try to look ahead at my calendar to see if I need to buy any different or special things. This helps me to get my shopping done on one day and eliminates me having to make countless runs to the store. So, I kind of do that. Sometimes I'll make a running list in my planner, but 
more times than not, it seems to be in my notes on my phone that I will add the things that I know we need from the store. And sometimes, very often, even as I go out to do my shopping, I'll have people from home texting me and telling me other things that we need from the store. And I will try to quickly add that to my notes so that I don't forget because I'm very good at forgetting things um, at the store if I don't have them written down. So here a lady shares, for us it was worth the money to invest in a commercial size mixer. I can mix two cakes or double batches of cookies without flinging flour or batter over the sides. And so I think it is something, especially those of us who have larger families, to think about what kind of a kitchen setup would serve us the best. What kind of, what size of appliances, how many appliances, are there things that we could do to make, I guess, to streamline and make our time in the kitchen more efficient? And that might mean going up to a bigger size appliance. That might mean having two dishwashers, things like that. Um, we are currently trying to build out a new kitchen. Um, we are turning our carport into a kitchen and we are planning to put in two dishwashers just because it seems to be such a battle to keep the dishes out of the sink and off the countertops. We have so many dishes every day with the size of our family, so we are going to try two dishwashers. And so sometimes maybe getting that bigger mixer or that bigger refrigerator or that extra freezer may really help things. Another lady said, I like to keep some baked items in the freezer for emergencies. Now we've talked about this in regard to having the frozen meals, but frozen baked goods can be a wonderful thing too. Um, cookie mix that's um, rolled up and ready just to slice and put in the oven, that sort of thing. Um, frozen muffins or waffles that you can use in a pinch. Those are all great things to think about. One lady shares, our children enjoy food traditions, pancakes on Saturday, popcorn Sunday evenings, etc. Now in our household, we do have a tradition of pancakes or waffles every Saturday morning. And that's because my husband gets up and makes that for the family. And my children look forward to that and love that so much. And after the pancakes or the waffles, he does Bible time. And so, yes, I think that sometimes having those simple traditions, it just builds something in our families that will be remembered for years to come. A lady shares, I am head cook, but even two and five-year-olds help. Spend time in the kitchen, make good meals for your family, study cookbooks, and as the children get older, try new things, it's fun. Another tip is planning ahead will avoid last minute stress. I get meat out of the freezer the night before and put it in the refrigerator. That is so helpful. I really struggle to remember to get the meat out of the freezer in time, but when I do, it makes things so much easier. I'm sure all of us know the frustration of thinking 
I'm gonna make spaghetti for supper and then you forget to get the meat out. And then you're dealing with a hard block of meat that is so much harder to fry. Now, speaking of meat, I have also bought large portions of meat and browned it and frozen it in Ziploc bags. And that is a blessing because that meat is easier to pull out of the bag and work with once it's already been browned and cooked and it just needs to be warmed up. So, and one lady says, I've never heard this or thought of this, but she says, brown a few sticks of butter at one time, then store the extra in the refrigerator, cut thin slices on top of your vegetables, pasta, etc., and you will avoid making a pan dirty each time you need some browned butter. That's interesting. So instead of having to get a pan out and brown the butter each time, you could just brown extra and save it and have it at your fingertips when you need it. Now for any of you ladies who are expecting a baby, this lady shares, before a new baby joins the family, I like to put casseroles in the freezer. Line your casserole dish with foil, fill it, freeze it, and then pop the casserole out. This frees up your dish. And when you need the casserole, just plop it back in the baking dish, heat and eat. Another lady says, my first step in meal planning is to get the meat out of the freezer the night before and thaw it in the fridge or get it out in the morning and thaw it on the counter. Mom and daughters cook together with the daughters able to make meals alone around age 13. Baking alone is generally accomplished by ages 10 to 12. Now, I remember when my daughter was eight, she began frying those tortillas that you can buy in the refrigerated section of the grocery store that you just put in a pan and fry. And that was one of the first things she began to do alone. And then after she saw that she could do that, she just took off from there. So one lady says we freeze meals only if we know in advance that we will have a need for them or if we have so many leftovers that we cannot eat them within a few days. And so that is also something to think about. Even though we've been talking here about freezing meals, we do need to make sure that what we are freezing is something that we will eat and it's not just taking up freezer space. The ones that I shared with you, we have no problem eating those. We know we will eat those holiday casseroles at Christmas and we know that we will definitely go through all of that taco soup and so that's just something to be thoughtful about making sure that we are freezing things that will get eaten. One lady says by the time they are eight years old our children can usually bake cakes and nine to ten year olds can be responsible for cooking potatoes and such simple things. And then another tip is we like to have one day each week that we stock up on baked goods. We make double batches and stash it in the freezer for a rainy day. And so maybe having a baking day where you consider making things like fresh bread and muffins and things like that and making, as she said, enough to stick some in the freezer and to last throughout the week. A lady talks about keeping cookbooks clean. She says, keep your cookbook clean by slipping it into a clear plastic bag when using it to avoid splatters that make the pages dirty. Clear acrylic cookbook holders work well too. And then a lady shares about scissors or 
cooking shears. She says, a scissors or kitchen shears is a handy thing to have in a cupboard drawer. It can be used to cut bacon into pieces before frying it, cut sausages, baby carrots, or other food into small chunks, cut open bags that can hardly be torn open, etc. Okay, so those are some helpful tips for food preparation. And certainly this time of year, I know all of us can use ideas to make things go faster and more efficiently in our kitchens. I hope that this has been helpful to you. And I would love to hear from you if you have some helpful tips and tricks that I have not shared here or some of your favorite holiday foods that are traditions in your family. I also want to mention that if you are looking for gift ideas, um, we have some resources over at my website, LegacyHomeschoolReflections.com. And most of my books are also available on Amazon. Not all of them, but uh, my book, Legacy Reflections of a Homeschooled Homeschooling Mama, is on Amazon, as well as my husband's book, Ordinary Homeschool Dad, and my scripture writing journals for ladies and young ladies, volumes one, two, and three. Now, ladies, I have worked through all three journals that are written thus far. I have worked through those this year personally um, on my own, and I have loved just writing the scripture out and looking at the word studies there, as well as meditating on the quotes from great Christians and the hymns. They have been a blessing to my heart, even though I compiled them, but that's just how God's word works. It never returns white. So my daughter also has been enjoying working through one that I gave her as she's away at college and she was talking about wanting to give one to one of her friends for Christmas. So if you are looking for gift ideas, the Word Study Scripture Writing Journals, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, both on my website and on Amazon, I think they would make good gift ideas. So I appreciate you joining me today and I just um, hope that you have a great week and that the Lord will bless you and keep you until we meet again. Thank you. I appreciate you tuning into this episode. And if you've been encouraged by what you have heard, would you consider leaving a review or a star rating for the podcast? Those reviews and ratings go so far in helping other ladies to find the podcast. Also, for more encouragement, I invite you to check out my website, LegacyHomeschoolReflections.com. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and I will look forward to talking with you next time. Bye for now.